Thanks, Pastor John. I once again just want to say thank you for tuning in. And, uh, and if you would share this message, uh, it's gonna, we're talking about the end times and some of the things that are going on um, in the end times. And so with that, a lot of people are interested in what's happening in our world. And you know, why is there earthquakes? Why is there things that are happening that seem to be abnormal? Well, it's because the Bible says that's going to happen in the end times. And uh, like I said in my post this morning, if you didn't see it, if you need uh, these notes, I will email my notes to you. Um, I actually had 10 pages of notes, and uh, I wasn't going to do that to you on a Sunday morning. So I kind of dumbed it down to basically two pages. Uh, but if you want those, just uh, Facebook friend me. Uh, don't send me a message if you're not my friend because I won't get it. It goes to a different spot. Um, so friend me and then just request the notes and send me your email address. And I would love to send you um, all the study and all the information that I have here. Um, and so how, do, how will I know? Um, Whitney Houston sang a song. And I was going to play it, but YouTube would kick us off or change, it would kick us off Facebook. So she's saying, how will I know when he's coming for me? That's my best rendition of Whitney, uh, which is probably not great. But she'd said, I say a prayer with every heartbeat. Are you praying? How do you know when the end is near? And hopefully that caused a little bit of a chuckle. Uh, which I'm going to guess that it did, uh, because I really don't sing that much. But how do we know that the end is near? How do we know that the rapture is going to take place? Um, I wrote here that, to me, it's like the end of a Hallmark movie. You know when a Hallmark movie ends, because you know what happens in a Hallmark movie. The one is on the way, you know, to see their fiance, and then they they bump into the one that they don't know is the one is one yet. They fall in love, and the one then comes in and sees them with the one that they thought was the one that no longer was the one and they're breaking up with him or telling him they're not the one and the one that is the new one sees them and the ones are the one don't see the one that is the new one and he leaves and goes to the airport and she figures out that he left and then there's a big happy ending. We know that that's the end of a Hallmark movie because there's just this misunderstanding and then everything is great. Well, there's signs that the end is near. So how will I know when he's coming for me? Matthew chapter 24, we're going to look at Matthew 24 and Luke 21. Um, in 1970s, if you're old enough to remember some of the movies they came out, like A Thief in the Night, when I was a little kid, uh, and some of you will have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, YouTube it, but those of you who are my age, those, those, those movies came out, The Thief in the Night, and they were the rapture, it was the end times, and it scared the tar out of me as like a seven and eight year old. Our pastor showed them in, in, on Sunday evenings, you know, of course you went home in the dark, um, and there was a lot of fear. And it, it really scared the H-E-L-L out of me, and I got saved because I thought, you know what, Jesus is coming back, and am I ready? So we're going to talk today about signs that the end is near. And uh, forgive me if I talk fast. I've told myself, slow down. I have a tendency to talk fast when I have a lot of information. Uh, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to stick to my notes uh, a little more than normal. So if you see me looking down, it's because I, I respect your time, and I want to make sure I stay on point with everything that I have to deliver to you today. Um, so what is the point of the Bible? We have to talk about that first. And I wrote down the word preparedness. Preparedness for what? For the end, I guess we could do the same thing. Was it a point of toilet paper? The point of toilet paper is preparedness for the end. Uh, I was eating a, uh, hope and humor, I was eating a granola bar not too long ago, and I was driving as I was eating it, and it tasted a little bit funny. And so when I looked into the package, um, it had had worms in it. And I obviously did not finish the granola bar. I wasn't that hungry. Um, and then I, when I got to my destination, I looked at the expiration date, and it was like seven years expired. Um, and the little worms had gotten in there. 
Well, each one of us has an expiration date. So pay attention. We often live like there's always going to be a tomorrow on this earth, and one day we're gonna be wrong. So my encouragement today is to live with heaven in mind, and the things we go through on this earth really aren't that bad. As a Christian, we need to take this approach to life, and that's this, it's only temporary. 2 Corinthians chapter four uh, refers to our bodies as an earth suit, basically, as a tent, as something that's just a temporary dwelling. So the second coming of Jesus is different than the rapture of the church. Uh, We talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter four, uh, again, was our last week's verse. And that was, don't be surprised, okay? When things start happening, uh, Jesus gives us a warning. You know that the time is near. Again, we know that we don't know the day or the hour, but Jesus is very clear that there are warning signs that are going to happen. Uh, So God gives us a heads up by telling us what to look for before he comes back. Uh, God's character has always been one of warning before punishment. And this started with Adam and the tree. What did he say? He said, don't eat that or you will die. There's always a warning with God. What I think I know about God is he is always just and he is always fair. Now, I believe in today's culture, we're kind of lulled into thinking that there will always be a tomorrow. Um, And that's not always guaranteed because one day tomorrow will not come for us. So the second coming of Jesus uh, is said to be referred to in approximately one out of 10 verses on average in the New Testament. Uh, There's about 300 different teachings referring to the end. Uh, Teaching on repentance is also common. Why is this? Is because you can't get to heaven without repentance. So let's be clear. Today, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, the Bible says if you die in that state, that hell is where you will go when you die. I take that very serious. Um, God offered his son so that he would pay for the, the price of our sins, but we have to accept it. The gift is only good if it's redeemed, if it's accepted. So you can't get to heaven without repentance. So if today, right now, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, ask him to do that. Repent of your sins and give your life to him. With that is a guarantee of heaven. So this sermon on the end, okay, that Jesus is gonna get into this sermon in Matthew 24, it would, it would be Jesus' last major teaching before his crucifixion. So that's pretty interesting to us that the last major thing he talks about is, is his coming back. Um, and that's right before his crucifixion. So it's very, very important. So let's read Matthew 24, one through two. And again, we're gonna go through a little slow and methodical. So as Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples said to him to call attention to his buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. So these disciples were very impressed with this temple. Um, at this point, from what I've studied, that's about 60 years into the building of the temple. It would take about 120 years to complete. Um, it was covered with gold. There was gold on top, gold on the sides. Uh, so the, when, when they said, look at this, Jesus is amazing. And Jesus said that every stone will be torn down. Well, Titus Vespasian uh, took over Jerusalem about 40 years later and the gold that was overlaid in all the temple, uh, they burned the temple and the temple melted or gold melted. It went into the footings of the temple and part of the spoils of, of war was the gold. And so they, the soldiers actually tore apart um, the stones from this temple. So what Jesus said came to pass. Why is that important? Why would Jesus make this little point here as he's about to talk about the end times? Well, what he's saying is, is you can keep me at my word. Okay, you can keep me at my word. I'm gonna give my word, you can take it and it's going to happen. So that's why Jesus did that. All right, uh, Jesus know how, knows how it all ends. Nothing surprises God, okay? Nothing surprises God. God knows how this whole thing is gonna play out with the virus. He knows 
everything, the beginning, the end, end of the beginning. So it's a reason we don't have to worry. Now, Jesus always says that he, I'm, let me start over again. Jesus always says what he says to give us a heads up, a warning of what is to happen. He wants us to be prepared for what is coming. And again, this week we talked about it. Um, we don't have to be afraid of what God is in control of. Now, Jesus warned several times about spiritual deception. Uh, we tend to forget that there is a spiritual battle that is raging all around us. So be paid, prayed up and be aware. It's an exciting time to be a Christian and to live to see others come to Jesus as well. Now, jump over to Matthew 24, 36, and then we'll get into the full part of this study. And this is what he says, because I want to make this very clear. I'm not here today to tell you that Jesus is coming next week. I'm also not going to tell you that he's not. What I'm going to tell you is to be ready when he does. He says this, no one knows about that day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. For in the days of before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the son of man. So Jesus is talking about the rapture. When he comes back, Christians are just going to disappear from the earth. Um, again, so we don't know the day or the hour, but he does say we know there is a time frame that we can know is getting closer and closer. Let's go back to uh, chapter 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered, well, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Okay, important thing. Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. You're going to see some things happening, but don't be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pains. Again, key word, the beginnings of birth pains. Then the fun part. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. That's nice. Um, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. That's going on. At, the same, at that time, here's what's really important for the Christian to understand. At that time, because things are getting hard, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And there's a teaching out there that you can't, but I believe that you can turn away from God because Jesus here says many will turn away from the faith. And if, if you've never had it, you can't turn from it. So uh, don't lull yourself into thinking everything's okay with God if it's not, okay? At that time, many will turn away from the faith. This is a fact. It's going to happen and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Once again, uh, you had to have love for it to grow cold, okay? The love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then we in the end will come. And we know with today's technology uh, that, that every nation, tribe, and language, and tongue has been reached uh, with the gospel. All right, we'll get into that just a, in, in a little bit. So no man knows, again, the day or the hour. Jesus does, it compare, does compare it to a birth, the signs that it's close, whatever close means. And I, I wrote that down. What does close means? Okay, when somebody tells you, hey, you ready? And they say five more minutes, the definition of close depends on who's saying it. 
For most of us, if our wife says five minutes, that's an indefinite amount of time. We really don't know. But there's certain people that say five minutes, and we know that it's probably going to be less than five minutes. Uh, so it just depends on who's saying it. Well, when Jesus says, okay, no man knows the day or the hour, Jesus is the one that makes this. He says that he, even he doesn't know. And I find that kind of fascinating that he says the angels don't know the day and the hour exact time. And I don't know the day and the hour, which, which kind of freaks my mind out because I'm thinking he's God, but yeah, he's limited with what the time and date is. Um, God the Father knows. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, we'll just trust him and live like he's going to come today. All right. Matthew, all right. Let's, let's, let's keep going. All right. Physical signs of condition. <laughs> I'm doing it even online. I'm going too fast. Okay. Physical signs and the condition of the heart signs. Okay. Again, the love of most will go cold. We'll see an increase in natural disasters. All right. We're going to turn, turn now to the book of Luke. Uh, we just heard from the tax collector, Matthew. Now we're going to Dr. Luke. Uh, and Luke, I like, I like his view a little bit better because he's a little more detailed. Um, and he's going to talk a little more in, in detail about some of the things that are happening, okay? And this is where I wrote, I wrote down in my notes, read slow. So let's do this. All right. Luke chapter 21, 9 through 20. And again, same conversation, different author. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. And then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences, which are diseases in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all of this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you you to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand. And I love what he said there. Make up your mind to not worry beforehand. And some of you today may be worried about everything that's going on. You may be living in fear instead of faith. Um, I believe that you need to live in wisdom, but not in fear, okay? Because if we live in fear, we're, we're kind of saying, God, you don't got this. Um, now, fear is a natural thing. Fear is a thing that we must fight. But he said this, make up your mind beforehand that you won't worry. So it's a mental thing. It's a thing that's on purpose. Okay, how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Verse 16, you will be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will save yourselves. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. And we know, uh, if you watch the news, that Israel, uh, not a lot of people in the Middle East like Israel. And as long as the United States stands with Israel, I believe that we will have God's favor. As soon as our country turns against Israel, if that ever happens, uh, watch out. Okay? So as long as we're with Israel, I believe everything's going to be fine. All right, jump down to verse 25 in Luke 21. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. I believe this is hurricanes and tsunamis. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is is coming in the world or on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. 
At that time, they will see the Son of Man in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. What he's saying here is, is don't get afraid. When you start seeing the world go crazy, when you see earthquakes increasing, when you see tsunamis happen, when you see these natural disasters, when you see diseases take place, he says, lift up your heads. Don't go, don't go hide them. Don't go bury them in the sand. Don't go freak out. He's saying, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now, in a wedding ceremony, when the bride walks in, what does everybody do? Everybody bows their head, right? They look away. No, that's not what they stand up and they look. Now, they don't care about the groom. The groom's up here with the preacher. He doesn't get any attention at all because most of the time we don't want the attention. The attention is on the bride. And he is saying here, when you see these things, look up because your redemption is, if you're right with Jesus, it's an exciting time to live in, okay? Because I believe that he's gonna come soon. Again, I don't know what soon means, but what I wanna do is live like he's coming today, live like he's coming this afternoon. And he told them this parable. He said, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Um, I love that because right now in, in it's spring and we're seeing leaves begin to come out on the tree. So it's very relatable at this point. Okay, so let's go on to the natural disasters. If you will uh, just Google, just wait. I guess you can do it now if you want, as long as you can do it and listen. Uh, But if you go to U.S. Geological Survey or USGS, USGS, and type in earthquakes or natural disasters, um, I don't know if you can see this online, but this is a chart here uh, from 1977 to 2009 of, of I believe this is the earthquakes. That's the increase of earthquakes. So again, you can look at all the stuff. They have tsunamis, natural disasters. Just Google that and look at all the charts that the world is, something's happening, okay? There's an increase in everything that the Bible talks about. Okay, there's pestilences, again, because they're viruses. Uh, you have HIV, you have the Ebola virus, uh, you have the coronavirus, the bird flu, the swine flu, you have SARS. You have all these diseases, all these viruses that keep coming and they keep changing, and we can't seem to get on top of a lot of them. Why do you think Jesus' return is close? Okay, there's three things that have happened that no other time period has seen. Um, okay, again, close is relative. We don't know what close is, but I can tell you this, today is closer than yesterday. There's three things that have happened that no other time period has seen. Number one, there was a prophecy that the, the nation of Israel would become a, a nation again, and this happened in 1948, okay? The the prophecy was fulfilled. Okay, number two is technology. It says you will hear of wars, okay, and rumors of wars. And also in the book of Revelation, it talks about the two prophets um, who were speaking against the Antichrist and they end up getting killed. Uh, it says then the whole world is able to view them. You can look at it in Revelation. The whole world, they give gifts to each other, excited about these guys that are dead, but three days later, I believe, uh, they, they, they come back to life. Well, how can this happen? How can the whole world view uh, when this was written so long ago when they didn't have TV, they didn't have satellites, obviously. Um, how, how could that happen? Through television, through iPhones, through the internet. So that's set up to happen. Uh, number three is the culmination of all this information coming together. Uh, the prophecies are coming to pass and it's visible to us. Uh, we see the physical signs of the things increasing on this earth. Um, from my studies, I've been talking to a lot of people that are smarter than me, there is no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the rapture can happen. Okay, every prophecy in the Bible that leads up to this point has already taken place. Um, the biggest one with, nation, or with Israel becoming a nation 
So there's nothing that needs to happen for the rapture to take place. Uh, and that's why I believe that his coming is soon. Remember, as a Christian, this should be an exciting time for us if we will keep the right perspective that, what we're made, that we're only made to live here temporarily. Remember that God gives us warning before he brings about destruction. We often forget that God, again, is fair and he's just. God's word just simply exposes the human heart. So our spiritual life is similar to our physical life. Okay, if we don't exercise, we will get out of shape. If you keep putting wood on the fire, you won't grow cold. And that's probably the thing that scares me the most in, in that scripture where he says the love of most will grow cold. Well, I don't wanna be part of the most, okay? I wanna be part of the few that my love does not grow cold. How does this happen? Well, information, information is good, but it's what you do with the information that matters. If Jesus gives us warning signs that we don't listen to, we can be left behind. It's gonna get harder to be a Christian. Why is that? Well, what we as Christians believe messes with the sinner's way of life, okay? It messes with the sinner. People don't like Christians telling them that what they're doing is wrong. They want uh, sexual behavior to be okay when the Bible says it's not. Uh, they want lying to be okay and stealing. There's a lot of things that, that, the, that the sinner doesn't like to be called out on and they have a problem with that. Well, verse nine, when it talks about martyrs, in America, we don't relate to this. and says you will be handed over, I'll, you know, they'll, they'll hate you because of me. As Americans, we have a lot of freedom. So we're like, well, it hasn't happened yet because you know, we're fine. Well, in other countries, um, I read not too long ago that it's reported that more Christians have been killed in the 20th century than all those combined. There reports of about 40 million people. Okay, we don't see this in America, again, so it's not on our minds, but you have ISIS, you have Hitler, you have a lot of leaders um, that were against Christians, a lot of other nations, lots of persecution. So in reality, it really has happened. We also need to understand that America, as we know it, is going to change. As far as I can see, we are not in the book of Revelation. Something happens that reduces us from a superpower to nothing. It could be the rapture, but we just don't know. We do know key players in the end times. We know that Russia is a key player, China is a key player. There's Syria and Iraq and Iran and those areas. Those are the ones the Bible actually says will come down to attack Israel. So keep an eye on China, keep an eye on Russia, keep an eye on Syria and Iraq and Iran. Because those are the countries that surround Israel in the end time to try to destroy them, but they can't, okay, because God is with them. What sets up the world for the Antichrist? Well, it's simply chaos, okay? I wrote here, cars that are running great don't need a mechanic. So our world, as it gets crazier and crazier, it sets it up for a one world government. It sets it up for the Antichrist to come and, and win the hearts of most people. Uh, the Antichrist likely is 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 on the earth somewhere. Okay, what we know about the Antichrist is he's likable. Okay, he's a likable person. Somebody asked me one time about a previous president if I thought he was the Antichrist. I said no, because there's a lot of people that don't like him. The Antichrist is, is a charismatic person, probably a nice looking person that is able to get a peace treaty signed with Israel um, and, and Palestine. I mean, the, it, he gets a treaty signed and they think he's like a savior because he creates this peace in the world, but it's only lasts for three and a half years. Okay, in verse 15 of Matthew 24, it says the Antichrist comes um, as a great, basically a fixer of the world. Three and a half years, everything's great. Well, the three and a half year period, he, he shows his true colors as to who he is. Um, and, and that's, again, it's a whole nother study. Uh, the Jewish temple will rebuild because he desecrates the temple. Here's what I believe. I believe that, that we will be gone before the tribulation happens. I believe the rapture takes place uh, because of, consistently through the Bible, um, I look at God taking care of his people. Okay, he, he, he doesn't stop every tribulation from coming on us, but he has also taken people out when you look at 
uh, Lot, okay, he rescued him from when Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed. He gave him a warning, then he brought him out. Uh, there's a lot of times that God brought his people out before the destruction came, and I believe that will happen with us Christians. How do I know that? I don't know for sure, okay? It's just what I read with the Bible, but here's what I believe. Um, I believe that God's gonna do it the way he's gonna do it, okay? Whether I believe pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, he's gonna do it however he has planned, and I'm okay with it. No man knows the day or the hour, so be ready every day. I'm gonna ask our worship team to come back up here. We're gonna close with a song um, after I read this scripture. So they'll get come up and set up, and they're gonna sing Amazing Grace. So in Luke 21, 34 through 36, I wanted to, to read this to you as the final verse. It says, be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. It's an important word there to be able to stand before the Son of Man, meaning that you're in right relationship with him. But be careful. What Jesus say this? He doesn't want your hearts to be weighed down with dissipation or, or, you know, unreadiness, afraid. Drunkenness, alcohol is not the answer, okay? It doesn't take away the problem. And the anxieties in life, okay? Do you feel anxious today? Do you feel a lot of anxiety? Um, here's, Here's the deal. If you feel a lot of anxiety, you need to spend a little more time praying. I know that sounds spiritual, but you need to pray that God would give you peace, okay? Again, He's in control. He knows what's going on. He's not freaked out. He saw the virus coming. Um, He knows what's happening. And things I believe in this world happen for a reason. There's a lot of people coming back to Jesus because of fear, because of the reality that death could happen. And we need to be ready for it. So again, information is good, but it's what you do with it that really matters. So the question I have for you today, the final question is this, is are you right with Jesus? Have you given your life to him? Because if you haven't today, you need to do that. And I want to lead you in a short prayer. If you would, you can pray it in your mind. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it wherever you are. The important thing is that you pray it. And it goes something like this. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that I am a sinner. And I confess my sins to you. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. If you just prayed that prayer... You just became a Christian. You just became saved. And we're going to sing this song, Amazing Grace, because grace really is amazing. It's a free gift. Be ready to meet Jesus. Be ready to meet Jesus. Whether the rapture happens this week or next week, five years, 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. When it happens, what matters is that you're right with God the moment that you breathe your last breath on this earth. Amen. Pastor John, let's sing this song. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Would you let these powerful words wash over us? Twas grace. Twas grace. That taught my heart to fear and grace my fears really. How precious did that grace appear in the hour I first.
Lord Jesus, my chains are gone and I've been set free. Cause my chains are gone and I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love. Thank you for your promises to me. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secure. He will my shield and portion be as long as life. situation. God bless you all. Thank you again for coming. Have a wonderful afternoon.